everybody, Jason Wood here, the VA Loan Guy. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of the Armed and Ready Podcast. Today's guest is Matt Booth, Marine Corps veteran, and he's got a really, really cool business that he's running um, as an entrepreneur. So I'm very excited to dig into um, what he's up to. I think this fits um, really well with a bunch of me and my friends and, and kind of our passions and likes and stuff like that. So um, Matt, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show, man. How are you? Oh, no, thanks for having me. I'm honored. I'm do and I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good, man. Keeping busy. This, um, you know, the mortgage business seems like we never sleep. We're, we're jamming right now, which is a good thing. Um, good. You know, during this COVID thing, a lot of businesses are struggling, but mm -hmm. we're doing okay. So we're blessed, you know, we're fortunate in that sense. Right. Uh, how are you guys good. doing with, um, with the pandemic and everything in your business? Well, you know, this has been an interesting exercise, right? Because, you know, two, two of the three arms of our business as they traditionally function in a sense, either are currently or have been for the majority of this time frozen, you know? And so, uh, you know, for example, on the jewelry, uh, component of our business, we manufactured order in our studio in downtown Los Angeles. And, you know, you can't really provide a made to order product when you're not permitted to make to order it. Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and similarly, uh, in our, the tobacco component of our business with our cigar brand, uh, you know, import export, uh, was frozen. Um, all the, uh, production facilities in Honduras and the Dominican all uh, shut down. Um, you know, even as an example, uh, you know, last Monday, uh, Honduras was allowed to reopen and then they were immediately closed within hours of their reopening because they weren't, uh, complying with, uh, you know, distancing guidelines, you know, they were allowed to reopen, um, with some additional rules in place for, for safety. Right. And, you know, they got shut down the day they reopened. So, um, with all that said, you know, in the, uh, entrepreneurial spirit, you know, what do you do when, when you're, you're frozen, you know, you have to adapt, you know, and you have to shift and, um, you know, as an example, and, and this was trickle down, right? Because it wasn't just at a factory level for product as it applies to that industry, but uh, also uh, retail, uh, retail lounges, cigar bars, all closed, you know, or uh, some, some remained open uh, as the alcohol component of their business uh, deemed them essential, uh, but with restrictions, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, my partners and I uh, put our heads together and said, okay, what do you do in the handshake business when you're forbidden to shake hands and how do we drive uh, some sales uh, to our brick and mortar partners that desperately uh, need help at this point? You know, all are impacted. It's just how many, at what, at what stage or at what level are they impacted, you know? And so uh, we had been tinkering with the concept of um, our own uh, podcast slash digital broadcast. Uh, through our own custom-built platform, and we uh, we put uh, the development into uh, high, you know, into gear five, and uh, within you know within four weeks of the shutdown, we were running our first uh, digital event. And although tobacco is a a regulated product, as long as our retail partners um, transacted. Um, uh, you know, with their, with their, uh, with their customers, 
uh, and remain responsible to all the applicable, you know, state taxes, fees, et cetera. You know, we were allowed to, uh, as a courtesy, drop ship the merchandise for them. So from our, from our warehouse in Naples, Florida. So we actually ended up selling about, I think it was somewhere around 15 times uh, what the volume from your standard uh, in-store activation uh, would be and incorporated retailers from all around the country simultaneously, some of which were actually uh, locked out of their businesses, that their businesses were shuttered, you know, and so we were able to provide a benefit, not only for our company, but first and foremost for, uh, you know, our brick and mortar partners that were suffering. So, you know, that, and that's an example of pivot, right? So, yeah, that's a mouth. I was, I was, maybe I'm running on a bit, but that's. No, no, no. A, I think, I think it's good. Um, we kind of dove right into it, but tell us a little bit about your business. And I know you guys oh. are men's jewelry, fashion accessories, premium tobacco and alcohol. You know, what's, what's the name of your company and tell us a little bit about the business kind of at a surface level. So the brand is called room 101 okay. and it is, uh, you know, my vision for this, this, uh, lifestyle collection was very simple and is uh, still very simple. It, it's, it's to be the uh, the 2020 version of a European jet set luxury brand from the 1950s. So um, the Alfred Dunhill of 1950, uh, but realized in 2020 uh, with modern stylization, design direction, um, you know, however and whenever appropriate and on brand. And of course, without perverting the craft basis of our products right so because right. sometimes you can get a little carried away with technology so we're trying to we're trying to do our best to keep the old school alive over here so uh we currently offer made to order jewelry uh made in in our like i said in our studio in downtown uh premium cigars and uh craft gin round out our our, our current item offering that's that's really fun uh, I i gotta imagine i mean I know some of my neighbors and stuff, even during the, the COVID shutdown, we're, we're all still kind of spending a little time together, probably maybe breaking the rules a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. keeping our, our six foot spacing. But, you know, we've had, we've had a cocktail and a cigar and stuff. And I think I got to imagine, you know, that quite a few other people are doing that. I mean, there's, there is some downtime, you know, we're, we're all affected. Oh, yeah. We're not in the normal environment and the, the same hustle mm -hmm. and bustle that we used to be. So um, it's probably re really appropriate. Um, you know, I'm new into kind of the cigar connoisseuring thing. And, um, and, uh, so I'm interested to hear a little bit and learn a little bit about cigars from you. And, you know, what, what could you teach somebody that's kind of new into cigars that is not quote unquote an aficionado on this stuff? Uh, and, and, and how do you guys fit that your, your segment? Perfect. Good question. So, uh, if you could relate this to something else uh, in terms of, of trend, um, when I entered the cigar business, the premium cigar business in 2009, uh, something very similar to what had occurred in the beer business was beginning uh, to rear its head in premium tobacco. So very akin to what happened with craft beer right. uh, was this trend wave was beginning to emerge in premium tobacco. And it was, you know, a, a modernized spin or a modern spin on product style, trade dress, um, even non-traditional um, blend formulas. Uh, you know, essentially cigars have been and forever will be handmade art. Um, but you know, uh, 
a lot of these younger brands, including ours, uh, paint outside the the boundaries of tradition uh, in in many ways. You know, and so um, in that in that same vein, uh, I would suggest that you know if someone was approaching actually anything that we do, any category we're active in, but as it applies specifically to our cigar business, you know, to just go in with an open mind, not be intimidated. You know, it's not, none of this is rocket science. You know, it's about enjoying yourself. Right. It's about, um, you know, and, and I believe there's a, a spiritual and a meditative uh, um, component to cigar smoking specifically. And, you know, you, you can, uh, yeah, and there's also a very social uh, component to it, you know, to sit down and, and to enjoy a smoke and a conversation with a couple people, um, is, is always, is always a great time. It's a great, uh, it's a great equalizer, you know, it is. And yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the guy or gal that just sold their company is sitting with the, you know, blue collar worker is sitting with the entrepreneur and so on and so forth around the table and having uh, a productive and engaging conversation. And many times people that would have never had any calling uh, to be connected otherwise, or even if they were put in a room with one another would not engage the way they would uh, that they do over a cigar. So uh, just, I, uh, my suggestion is to go to run towards it with open arms, man, and embrace it. Cause it's a great, it's a, it's a beautiful little world. It really is. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I think there's a lot of truth in that with the cigar thing. And um, so you you ventured into gin also, and I know we were that's correct a little bit offline. I'm not much of a mm -hmm. gin person. Um, well, the one thing I know with any kind of spirit is high end spirits are the better ones. And uh, mm. you know, especially when you're you're doing a martini or something like that. So tell me um, tell me how you guys got into gin. I mean, it fits really well with your brand and what you're doing, but how did, how did that all come to life? Well, you know, what's interesting about our, our foray into, uh, craft spirits and gin specifically is, you know, we, by the time I became active in that space, um, you know, we were very well established in, in premium tobacco and gin, quite frankly, is the, the anti-spirit, uh, or at least, uh, stereotypically understood to be the anti-spirit for a cigar smoking uh, experience, right? And um, I was very intrigued uh, with the proposition of adding um, craft spirits, specifically gin, to our our, our lineup because, um, you know, manufacturing-wise, keeping the uh, quantity, uh, the volume intimate, as we do with our other categories, uh, fell in line with our brand philosophy. Um, and also to kind of uh, uh, challenge people to enjoy themselves, It'd be a little provocative, right? Gin was very much on brand for our uh, branded business. Uh, and from, from first glance may have not seemed uh, the appropriate companion to our cigars, but uh, quite frankly, uh, because of the versatility of gin uh, and the way that it, you, know, you can blend uh, your, you can, blend your botanical mixture a hundred different ways. You know, it's very versatile. Uh, you know, we were able to build a formula that was very complementary to a smoking experience. So um, does that adequate, adequately answer yeah. your question? Yeah. I got myself uh, off track. <laughs> so many, so many details I'm trying to juggle here, man. No, that's okay. I mean, um, it's interesting. I mean, there's so many people in like, has started like the home brewing, you know, for beer and the craft mm. brewing. And, and I know a lot of people, 
um, kind of do it with wine and, and with vodka even kind of make mm -hmm. it at home. So I've never attempted to do anything like that. So just kind of learning the, the how to, you know, like mm -hmm. how do you put this stuff together and, and, uh, and actually come up with something that's and determine like how many times it needs to be distilled and, you know, and just the different processes and stuff. Um, that to me is, is kind of fascinating because it's, mm -hmm. you know, peeling back the curtain, you know, as the consumer, we just see it in, on the shelf in the store. Right. But right. in each, each brand of whatever spirit or wine or beer or whatever has a whole different process that it goes through behind the scenes, which makes them all taste different. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm um, always curious to, to learn a little bit about that part of it. Well, and it was, it was a really uh, exciting process for me to be involved in um, because I am extremely hands-on with everything that we produce and, you know, working uh, with the master distillers um, that we partnered with to, to create this gin, um, I was able to, um, uh, I was able to authentically participate in the blending process because of my cigar mouth. I mean, I, I've been tuning my palate, uh, you know, what ca as a casual cigar enthusiast the majority of my life, uh, but professionally for almost 12 years, uh, which is a very different um, level of smoking, uh, you know, and focus, uh, you know, and concentration. And, and that came into play tremendously um, during the blending process of our gin. I, I didn't necessarily speak um their language so to say so to speak so to say yeah. but uh you know i could identify as an example during the process hey why is this note hollow here why is this present in this version of this formula and absent here what 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 did you change what's going on and i think that um i definitely earned a little bit of their respect and it's always i mean it's always healthy if if you know if the brand owner is authentically vested in the, oh, sorry, somebody was trying to call my phone. Uh, if the brand owner is authentically vested in, uh, you know, in the creative process, you know, what you're going to come up with in, you know, from an atmosphere of that nature is something that is truly collaborative, you know, because they're going to produce something that they would have not normally and neither will you, you know? So, right. um, yeah, there you go. That's cool. Yeah, that's, I think it's, it's really an interesting combination. I always see like, you know, on the show Shark Tank, I don't know if you watch that show, but um, uh, not often though. You know, one of the things that I, I hear in there commonly is, you know, distribution. Like a lot of these people come up with a product, mm. right? They create a product of whatever and, you know, they get some online sales and maybe these social media, you know, to get kind mm -hmm. of the grassroots effort going and develop a business. Um, right. And then they go seek these guys out for an investment to take them to the main stage, right? Um, right. So distribution happens to be something that comes up a lot. So how do you oh, guys? Yeah. How do you guys distribute? Like, how do you sell your products? Um, I know you mentioned brick and mortar. I'm sure mm -hmm. probably an online component as well. How does mm -hmm. that all work for you guys? Well, I mean, Jason, distribution is always the golden carrot, right? This is right. the the key ingredient. You can make the most amazing product that has ever existed, and if you can't distribute it. Uh, you know, it's never going to see the light of day, right? So uh, each each industry uh, that we operate in functions a little bit differently from one another in that arena. Um, alcohol being uh, the most controlled and confusing of them all, 
in terms of the way that you're forced to distribute your product or work with distributors uh, to distribute that, that product. Um, uh, you know, our jewelry product is sold online uh, through our own e-commerce, uh, as well as select uh, doors with Nordstrom uh, and other smaller uh, specialty retail. Uh, and in many cases, uh, you know, some of our uh, cigar lounges uh, and, and, and cigar stores also carry um, a, a small assortment of our accessories. So we have some cross-pollination uh, between the two categories there. That's good. And where, where do you guys sell? Like, do you guys sell your cigars at, at other like regular cigar shops? Or Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we fulfill uh, from our, our warehouse in Naples, Florida. Uh, we have uh, several uh, boot in, in that industry specifically. We have several boots on the ground um, sales agents in select territories around the country. Um, I'm in a uh, you know I I'm constantly leveraging my own personal relationships uh, to keep uh, to keep some to keep sales moving, um, and of course always remaining responsible to the uh, the pull through of our product and market as well. You know. Um, that business specifically, if you were a salesperson in that business, you would be very akin to a vacuum salesman from 1950. Oh, wow. <laughs> door, door to door. Very yeah. old school, uh, very much on a handshake. And that business is going through uh, a great deal of changes right now, um, stepping into you know, being a, a, a very, very old school business. Um, uh, you know, adapting to online um, new government regulation and, and this uh, COVID scenario, I think, uh, you know, was really the catalyst uh, for, um, you know, the next several levels being, uh, you know, fast forwarded through. So, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you know, welcome to 2030. Uh, premium cigar industry, you know, overnight. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what, what happens in all of these, uh, you know, all the industries that we deal in, uh, that one specifically over the next few years. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I mean, I'm sure you guys are already game planning on how you're going to approach it, but um, we are. I mean, the, the whole COVID scenario has really changed how so many businesses, mine included, um, how we function, right? And mm -hmm. you know, some parts of it may return back to normal at some point, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. But others, I think through this adaptation, you know, use of technology like Zoom and in those kinds of things, that might be just become the norm going forward, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. How do you guys, and you know, oh, go ahead. No, no, you, you first, you were about I was, to. I was gonna say, how, how are you guys projecting how you know, kind of the future of your business is going to go from this? Well, you know, I'm not, I'm working smarter and harder at the same time. You know, this is, this is not, there will not be a return to what once was, right? There will be a return to the new normal. And what does that landscape look like? How can I best forecast that um, to make the decisions now? Um, uh, that are really going to make the rubber hit the road in the next three, six months to a year uh, in that industry. A, a good deal of my promotion uh, and activation up until this point was in market, you know, in, in store, right? And which required a great deal of travel, um, which 
for lack of a better uh, way to describe it, I guess I would say it constantly kept me in a in a state of kind of frantic movement. And when you know one one of the three components of our business had my undivided attention, the other two did not. You know, and I was constantly triaging uh, as to what was mission critical at any given moment, and even more difficult to do so when you are standing in a store face to face with customers uh, for an afternoon. You're not doing anything except that, right? So this has opened the opportunity to, to the best of my ability, service my existing retail partners, um, participate in, you know, the myriad of new media that's out there uh, in that industry, in that, in that category, podcasts, interviews, et cetera. Um, and, and really remain a bit more physically grounded so I can better manage at the same time all of the components of our business. So uh, I, think, I think that the, um, the new look for me is less road time and more Zoom time, so to speak, if you wanted yeah. to abbreviate that, right? Totally. Yeah, I think that's, that's gonna be the norm. I mean, I talk to other people who travel a lot for work and. You know, there's, I mean, there still is nothing that replaces that, that face to face, belly to belly interaction. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to see that slow down quite a bit, you know, and it, it's going to be the zoom stuff. Like, I mean, just as you were mentioning, like the efficiency standpoint, just for your time, right. And your focus, yeah. um, it's huge. And, you know, you if you were to throw in, you know, our meeting right now and you had to jump on an airplane and go through security and check your bags and then get an Uber afterwards, you know, I mean, you're, you're half a day of mm -hmm. on and off an airplane before you do Absolutely. anything, you know? Absolutely. So a lot more efficiency. Um, tell us, you know, you, you're a Marine and um, yes. a Marine, always a Marine, right? And uh, thank you. So what, what would you attribute um, as far as relationship between your business now, how you function and operate? Is there any relationship to you know, what you experience or what you learn while you're active duty in the Marine Corps and, and do you implement anything that you picked up there? Absolutely. And every day, every single day, uh, the influence uh, from and the lessons that I took uh, from my enlistment in the Marine Corps uh, play themselves out on the stage of my business on a daily basis. You know, um, the, the, uh, you know, as Yoda said, there is no try, there's only do. Try is why you fail. But the Marine Corps has a very similar attitude uh, towards anything that uh, you are tasked uh, with. It's just that you're gonna do it, period. There is no explaining, there's no uh, reason as to why you know, you've come up short, you're just gonna do it. And in business, and especially when you're piloting your own business, uh, no one is gonna do it for you, you know? All that, all the heavy lifting is is squarely loaded onto your shoulders every day, you know. And so, um, you know, interestingly enough, from my Marine Corps experience, what you know, actually, one of the last jobs I had before I solely worked for myself, uh, you know, I went from the Marine Corps uh, into several different uh, fields of work, but one was executive protection with a company um, uh, named Gavin De Becker and Associates. At the time, they were out of Studio City, um, and 
my my Marine Corps experience parlayed perfectly into working for that company, but it was also within that company that I uh, that I learned um, or was able to refine uh, a bit of my email game uh, structure uh, from a business standpoint. How to basically morph my experiences and lessons learned in the Marine Corps into more of a professional setting. And it was honestly, you know, having no concept uh, whatsoever that it was going to be applied in this manner, looking back, for me personally, it was the perfect recipe. I I couldn't have trained any better, uh, you know, uh, for what I do, honestly. That's that's really inspiring. And what, what was your job in the Marine Corps? I was a machine gunner. Uh, I was in uh, weapons platoon and a line company, uh, three, seven India company for four years. Nice. Did you deploy anywhere? Uh, just to the, to the far East. Uh, I was in 96 to 2000. Okay. Got out on Valentine's day. Actually. Uh, we had, uh, uh, we had filled out wills and packed bags and uh, you know, my number never got called in that regard. So uh, we did deploy uh, several times, but not for that purpose. That's good. That's good. Man. Yeah. Kept you safe. Um, so what's the, what's the, um, what's kind of the mantra in, in your business? I know like being a military person myself, you know, having that, the, the mindset that you learn, you know, from the military and, and, and discipline. Yeah. But more, I think more discipline to a process, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think is one of the things that a lot of us that were in the military can, attune some success to is, you know, being disciplined to our processes. Um, what's kind of the mantra in your business or, or processes that, you know, you really stick to that might be something maybe beneficial for another entrepreneur to pick up on and, and learn if they were starting out on their own business. Okay. Good question. I will start by answering this way. I think that I've heard more times than I would ever care to uh, the phrase, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I have always said that whoever came up with that statement is a complete asshole (laughs) because it's a very misleading statement. Yeah. I have always said, if you do what you love to make a living, you should hope to continue to love what it is that you do. Because many times business uh, can muddy the water tremendously. And especially uh, when you're working in a field that you are inspired to enter by, or that is fueled by passion, you know? And I think that if you do find yourself um, wanting to take that leap of faith uh, and, and, and delve into uh, your own, you know, endeavors and especially ones that are fueled uh, by passion is, is to, to maintain a system of checks and balances personally because it's very, very easy um, to become fatigued. And I don't just mean physically tired, I mean emotionally, um, spiritually, psychologically fatigued with what it is that you're doing. And I think that if you keep, it, you know, in my, in my, as it applies directly to myself personally, yeah. I always make sure that I'm designing something, that I am creating. Because quite frankly, in, in the jewelry component of our business, it is almost that, uh, you know, the sales are to support my vice of design, right? Like I, I, I must monetize what I'm doing so that I can continue to do the portion of it that is uh, fulfilling to me, you know? And 
So I'm always making sure that I am uh, maintaining some level of creative creativity. And, and I have fallen into slumps uh, where I was not doing anything uh, for our business that was fulfilling and I was more carrying out mechanical process. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had to check myself because I realized it was, I was doing myself and our business. Uh, I was doing, sorry, my, I got to get a separate phone for these things, man. <laughs> I got to get the podcast burner. I mean, it's like, I'm surprised only twice. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So I was doing nothing that was fulfilling and this was uh, a disservice to both myself and our business because if I look back, um, it's, it's that positive energy that's created by, um, for myself, that process that really helps to fuel a great deal of, of my efforts as it relates to our business. And, you know, it, you know, whether you're in tune with the, you know, the energy of the universe or however you you know, you described that, you know, you know, during those patches where I was less than fulfilled, less positive things were occurring for our business at the same time simultaneously. And, and immediately, uh, upon turning that around, um, you know, you know, doors are opening, lights are turning on new opportunities are befalling us. And so I would just recommend, and I know that this is not, uh, uh, you know, the most black and white is somewhat intangible, uh, what I'm saying, but it's, it's, it is real and it's critical. And I think that you need to maintain, um, that balance in everything that you do. Otherwise yeah. you'll become a, a victim of yourself. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, I have, I have my own struggles with keeping the business part in check, right? Because I'm so passionate about my business and building it and doing what we're doing, um, that, that oftentimes bleeds into, personal life too much right where it's mm, just yeah it's can it can consume all of you and um and that's i mean from what you said that's something that i take away personally from that um you know just as it relates to you know chatting about the day um at home with the wife right and um mm. you know and it's just sometimes it can just be so much work 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 that th there is more to our life beyond our our passion or what we're pursuing professionally um, and if, if the two are intermixed, great, but, um, yeah, having that check and balance and being able to, um, remove yourself. And if you don't just exactly as you're saying, and it, it's so funny, you're hitting on so many points, um, that rang true with me. Like it, it can exhaust you. It, it, it absolutely can. Absolutely. absolutely. Emotionally, physically, um, all that stuff. Cause because just because you're in, you're doing a profession that you're passionate about, a doesn't mean you're going to be wildly successful day one and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So you're affixing hardship and challenge. You're, you're, you're hitching that wagon directly to the trailer hitch. That's uh, of passion, right? Right. So you have to be very respectful of that balance and you have to manage it. I mean, you don't have to, but if you don't focus on managing that a little bit, you could find yourself not enjoying what you do anymore right. and actually losing the appetite for something that initially you were so passionate uh, about that it actually compelled you to do whatever it is that you're doing. 
so to keep that in mind and to remember yeah spot on mm -hmm. yeah if you can burn out you sure can mm -hmm. um what's what's next on the horizon for you guys and your company are you guys growing you adding you adding people um what's the next level for you well, as you know, as uh, a, a couple things, uh, as uh, you know, some of our respective industries modify themselves, right, based on what's going on, um, I, I foresee adding um, at, at minimum uh, two additional uh, salespeople. Uh, man, okay, that's the third. Wow. I even put the do not disturb, man. I even hit, it does nothing. It like doesn't stop them from calling in. So uh you know adding a few people uh to help uh you know bolster uh our distribution um and potentially adding um at least one additional category of merchandise to our brand lineup uh but that is undetermined at this time gotcha, gotcha. but i think it will be in line with what the dunhill of 2020 would have carried if uh you know if they were uh, the right. downhill 2020. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty excited, man. So more updates to come. Cool. Well, I, I really like the, the niche and the space that you're in. I think there's something cool about, um, tapping back into some of the nostalgic things that we used to do societally, um, and bringing that back, you know, um, from having a cigar and, you know, the, the, uh, the, the fine suits and hanging out and, and, um, you know, the old school barber shops and, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. I think, um, there's a certain nostalgia and there really is a cool sense of, I think, peace as you're enjoying it. Right. Um, absolutely. And we just, we've gotten so fast paced and I, I call it kind of like the, the microwave effect. Like we just need everything instant right now. I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that. And mm -hmm. you just got to slow down and enjoy some of this stuff because it's cool. And, and I think what you guys are doing is really awesome and, and your brand and stuff. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing it with us. It's really cool. Um, where can people check you out online? Where's, is there a good website for you guys? You know, uh, on the gram, as the kids are saying these days, the, the Instagram is a phenomenal place to find all of our <laughs> exploits uh, filleted open for your viewing pleasure. You have Room 101 Brand, uh, which focuses on our bespoke jewelry uh, studio in Los Angeles. Um, you have Room 101 Cigars uh, and Room 101 Gin. And then, of course, you have my own personal. You can find me at Matt Booth. Um, through my, you, you can't miss it. And, and my personal is actually kind of a nucleus of everything that we're involved in. So, gotcha. okay. uh, and, then, and then they will splinter you out to uh, the applicable websites and, and all that. That's really cool. Well, um, Matt, thanks a lot, man, for being on the show. It was really cool to to uh, sit down with another veteran and learn about your business. It's, um, it's exciting. I hope that it was helpful for our listeners and our guests uh, pick up a couple of good nuggets. I know, I know I certainly did. And um, you know, if there's any, anybody listening who's looking to move into like that entrepreneurial space, um, a lot of good takeaways from, from our chat today, Matt. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. No, I appreciate you taking the time and, and for the consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And if you guys need to, uh, if anybody has any questions, you can reach out uh, to me at valonguy.us and get you connected with Matt um, and um, answer any questions that you might have. So thanks everybody for stopping by today and checking out another episode of Army Ready Podcast.